Hello everyone, today is October 2nd. Trump officially has the coronavirus. And uh, if it's Friday, then this is season two of The Dell. We're back. That's right, the band is back. After a few weeks of R&R, The Delve is back for Season 2. And we're back just in time. Just in time for an avalanche of news. And what a lot of news there has been. Everything from the death of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg to the Attorney General of Kentucky announcing the charges in regards to Breonna Taylor's killing to Senate Republicans winning the Guinness World Record hypocrisy and finally the colossal train wreck that was the Biden-Trump debate. And before we get into the debate, um, the, the most bizarre twist of 2020, you know, I guess the 2020 writers, they kind of lost this bit with the murder hornets, but oh baby, did they come back last night when it was announced that Hope Hicks, the close advisor to Donald Trump, had tested positive for COVID-19. It was quickly noted that she had been hanging out with him all week, including at the debate. A few hours later, uh, Trump tweeted that both he and Melania have now tested positive for COVID-19, shortly after Hope Hicks was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. But don't bumps. And that tweet from the president has now become his most liked tweet ever. The president has been, and it's really difficult to fully articulate this, but the president has been wildly irresponsible when it comes to the coronavirus. He's had a complete disregard for his life, his family's lives, and American lives. So what happens when a sitting president contracts a deadly virus 30-something days from a presidential election that he's actively trying to undermine? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Um, Although some people are celebrating. We're certainly not, but you know, it's all in the Lord's hands now. And now back to that debate. How are you doing, man? I, I want to make sure. You graduated last in your class, not first in your class. I want to make Mr. sure. Mr. President, can you let him finish, sir? No, he doesn't know how to do that. He has, You'd be you know, surprised. You, you picked You'd be surprised. the Go wrong ahead, guy, the wrong Go night at the wrong time. Listen, did you use the word smart? You graduated either the lowest or almost the lowest in your class. Don't ever use the word smart with me. Don't ever use that word. Vote now. Are you going to pack the Make court? sure you, in fact, let people know he doesn't you're want to a senator. I'm not going to answer the question. Why because, would you answer that because question? Because the you question is, the question Supreme is, Court the radical question, left. Will you shut who is up, on, man? Listen, who is Look, on your list? You folks at home, how many of you got up this morning and had an empty chair at the kitchen table because someone died of COVID? How many of you were in a situation where you lost your mom or dad and you couldn't even speak to them? You had a nurse holding a phone up so you could, in fact, say goodbye. You would have lost far How more many people. people? To be this is the same man it's who all told set you up. by Easter this would be gone away. By the warm weather, it'd be gone. Miraculous. Like a miracle. And by the way, maybe you could inject some bleach in your arm and that would take care of it. This is the that same man. That was said sarcastically. That was you know that. I, I, I 40,000 people a day 
are contracting COVID. In addition to that, about between 750 and 1,000 people today are dying. When he was presented with that number, he said, it is what it is. Well, it is what it is because you are who you are. He knew all the way back in February how serious this crisis was. He knew it was a deadly disease. What did he do? He's on tape is acknowledging he knew it. He said he didn't tell us or give people a warning of it because he didn't want to panic the American people. You don't panic. He panicked. And Mr. Even President, the people who testified under oath. So let me ask oath, you this. Henry, no, no, oath. go ahead, Mr. Every, I'm listening to you. People, yeah. Wait a minute. You get the final word, Mr. Well, it's hard to get any word in with this clown. What was that? I'll tell you what it was and I'll tell you what it wasn't. That wasn't the president attempting to have a debate and he's, you know, just so incompetent that he can't do it. The debate was a lot. I didn't make it to that. And if we all walk away from Tuesday's debate, disgusted, repulsed, fatigued, if we're left thinking that politics is gross and inconsequential and the normal and decent human beings should not want to participate in this democratic exercise, then uh, decent human beings will not participate in this democratic exercise. The president wanted to make this a mess and a disaster and a dumpster fire. This is a strategy. This is organized chaos. The Trump campaign wants to deflate you and suppress voter turnout because that is an advantage for him. It's strategic for him to be denigrating and rude and abusive because he wants you to tune out. He does not want you to participate in this election that is happening right now. And there were so many ugly parts. But perhaps the most disgusting was the president refusing to denounce white supremacy, in particular the hate group, the Proud Boys. Condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, but do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, what, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and right proud boys. Stand back and stand by, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right-wing problem. This is, this is a left-wing This is a left-wing The Proud Boys are a far-right, neo-fascist, male-only organization with ties to white supremacists. They promote and engage in political violence. Trump was asked to condemn them, and not only did he not do that, the president just told them to stand down and stand by, you know, as if he's their leader. It was literally so perplexing that even a Fox News correspondent had enough. One more observation here. If the president didn't know who Proud Boys were and Joe Biden just threw out the name, if he didn't know who they were, why did he denounce them? Why didn't he say, well, I don't know who they are. Can you give me a little bit more information about them and then make a decision about it? So this is this all remains very puzzling. And for all of you on Twitter who are hammering me for answering that quite for asking that question, I don't care because it's a question that needs to be asked. And clearly, the president's Republican colleagues a mile away from here are looking for an answer for it, too. So stop deflecting. Stop okay. blaming the media. I'm tired of it.
All right. We're all tired of it. Donald Trump paid $750 in federal income taxes in 2016 and 2017. This is actually just so stupid that I don't even want to like talk about this. Uh, and another thing we're all tired of, this could literally be a new segment on the show, things we're tired of. We're tired of Republican hypocrisy. Donald Trump and Senate Republicans have decided to move forward with the nomination of a new justice to the Supreme Court following the death of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The nominee, Amy Coney Barrett, is conservative, and her appointment has the potential to shift the Supreme Court to the right. Way to the right. And at just 48, she could be there for decades. Republicans need only 51 votes in the Senate to approve this nomination, and there are currently 53 Republican senators. This makes it likely they will approve Ms. Barrett. This is despite the fact that a majority of Americans do not agree with Republican efforts to do so. A new poll reported that 57% of Americans believe the vacancy should be filled by whoever wins the 2020 presidential election. Not only that, Trump is only about 30 days before the election. And in many states uh, across the country, Americans have already begun voting for their next president. Due to corona, many states have expanded mail-in voting and early voting opportunities. As of now, potentially millions of Americans have already cast their ballot. Despite the extremely short timeline, one of America's best senators, Mr. Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, has detailed a timeline that enables the whole nomination process to be completed prior to November 1st. Now let's get to the hypocrisy part. In 2016, President Obama attempted to nominate Merrick Garland to a vacancy on the Supreme Court. Back then, the Republican Senate, led by Mitch McConnell, refused to even have a hearing for the nomination. They ignored President Obama's nominee for eight months because they said it was an election year. And presidents shouldn't nominate Supreme Court justices in an election year. Now let's be clear. There is no rule that bars presidents from nominating anyone to anything because it's an election year. Trump then filled that position with Justice Neil Gorsuch. If Baird is confirmed by the Senate, Trump will have seated three justices on the court in his single term as president. The other being Brett Kavanaugh, and I'm sure we all remember how much of a dumpster fire that was. But wait, this throws a wrench into the conservative justification because now it's an election year. And we're about a month out from election day. So how can Trump select a nominee and push it to confirmation? And this gallon of hypocrisy is brought to you by the Senate Republicans and President Trump. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. Now, Republicans have to justify how they can confirm their election year nominee while President Obama cannot. That John points out already underway on Capitol Hill, 43 days until the election, some voters already casting their ballots. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell tonight saying the Senate will vote on the president's nominee this year. Democrats calling that hypocrisy after McConnell blocked a vote on President Obama's nominee in the final year of his presidency. Back then, eight months before the election, this time, of course, 43 days to go. Republican leaders say this time is different. The Democrats simply pointing to Mitch McConnell's own words four years ago. Here's Mary Bruce tonight. 
On the Senate floor today, Republican leader Mitch McConnell with an unequivocal promise. The Senate will vote on this nomination this year. But that's not the position he took in 2016 when he refused to consider President Obama's pick to fill Justice Scalia's seat months before the election. Let's let the American people decide. McConnell now says this is different because the Senate and the White House are both controlled by Republicans. But Senator Lindsey Graham, as recently as two years ago, said Republicans would not take up a Supreme Court vacancy in an election year, no matter what. If an opening comes in the last year of President Trump's term and the primary process is started, we'll wait to the next election. And I've got a pretty good chance of being the judiciary. You're on the record. Yeah. All right. Hold the tape. But now, despite the tape, he's calling for the Judiciary Committee to quickly consider the president's nominee, telling Democrats, I am certain if the shoe were on the other foot, you would do the same. Democrats say it's blatant hypocrisy. Why well, say it's this rule or that rule, and then do the exact opposite when it suits your interests? Why not just come to the floor and say, I'm going to do what's ever best for my political party, Consistency be damned, reason be damned, democracy be damned. Just admit it. Four Republicans would have to break ranks and join Democrats to block a confirmation. So far, two senators, Susan Collins of Maine and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, both say this decision should be up to the next president. Once again, this is by choice. There is nothing in the Constitution that outlines anything in regard to the different political affiliations of a president and the Senate majority when it comes to nominating a Supreme Court justice. Former Vice President Joe Biden has deemed the actions hypocritical and accused Republicans of changing the rules whenever it favors them, and in this case, entirely ignoring the majority opposition from the American people. He has also accused Republicans of disenfranchising American voters as millions have already voted for president, and they want to say in the next justice. Look, I'm not being naive. I'm not speaking that President Trump will do whatever he wants. I'm not speaking to Mitch McConnell to do what he wants, and he does. I'm speaking to those Republicans out there, Senate Republicans, who know deep down what is right for the country and consistent with the Constitution as I stay here in the, stand here in the Constitution Center, not just what's best for their party. I'm speaking for millions of Americans out there who already have voted and continue to vote and will have many more have voted by the time this process is finished. The Republican push has actually helped Democrats. Democrats have received a wave of positive polling and fundraising since this process started. 64% of Biden supporters said the vacancy makes this election more important. Topics such as reproductive rights and voting rights, as well as access to health care, are under siege as a more conservative court could strike down Roe versus Wade and the Affordable Care Act. Trump has long wanted to take down the Affordable Care Act. That's the Obama-era legislation that ensures all Americans have access to insurance, regardless of pre-existing conditions. Now, in the middle of a global pandemic, in which the United States' response has been incredibly poor, the United States makes up 5% of the world's population, but also making up roughly 20% of the deaths globally. Republicans are hoping to strip health care from millions of Americans. Of the 7 million Americans who have contracted the coronavirus, guess what? They now have a new pre-existing condition. 
One person who may prove vital to take away abortion rights and health care from Americans is, you guessed it, Supreme Court Justice nominee Amy Coney Barrett. Funny thing is, back in 2016, when President Obama was blocked from nominating his justice, Ms. Barrett supported not having his nominee being taken up. Kennedy is a moderate Republican, and he replaced a moderate Republican, Powell. Um, we're talking about Justice Scalia, you know, the staunchest conservative on the court, and we're talking about him being replaced by someone who could dramatically flip the uh, balance of power on the court. It's not a lateral move. Um, you know, and, and finally, we, the reality is we live in a different time. Confirmation hearings have gotten far more contentious. And so I just don't think we live in the same kind of time. So I think in some, the president has the power to nominate and the Senate has the power to act or not. And I don't think either one of them can claim that there's a rule governing one way or the other. I, I really wish I had the energy to talk more about these weird people. Uh, but really, I just want to fervently encourage you to vote. Vote like your life depends on it. Probably because it does. And lastly, the, the First Lady had a phone call leaked uh, where she says, F Christmas, oh no, and give me an effing break in regards to kids separated at the border. Let's have a listen. This is Uncle I'm the same like him. I support him. I don't no. say enough. I don't do enough. No. It's, where it's... I am... I put the, I'm working like a asthma, asthma I know. Christmas stuff that, you know, who gives a f about Christmas stuff and decoration, but I need to do it, right? Yeah, but go ahead, 100%, you have and no then, choice. And, okay, and then I do it, and I say that I'm working on Christmas, uh, planning for the Christmas, and they said, oh, what about the children that they were separated? Give me a break. Don't, where they were saying anything when Obama did that. I know. I cannot go. I I was trying to get the, the kid reunited with the mom. I, I, I didn't have a chance. Needs to go through the process and through the law. But here's my thing. Hear what you just said. But instead of that, if, if, you just, your messaging, you you were so loved. You they were. would not do the story. We put it out. They would not do the story. Until you would not believe it. Mm. They would not do the story because no, they no. are not. They would not do the story because they they are they are against us because they are liberal media. Yeah, if I go to Fox, they will do the story. I don't want to go to Fox. I'm exhausted. Let's vote them out already. Thanks for listening in. I'll see you all next Friday. This is The Dell.